It's the Obtuse Angles Wrestling Podcast with Kyle and Jeremy. Welcome everyone to episode 19 of the Obtuse Angles Wrestling Podcast with Kyle and Jeremy. Kyle Fields, Jeremy Sutherland, two former professional wrestlers, current stand-up comedians, radio personality, podcaster, professional assholes, and we are talking today about David Arquette. David Arquette. In WCW. By the way, I forgot to promote this last week up front. We are on iTunes, and we have been now for a number of weeks. Please hit that subscribe button. That helps us out very much so. Uh, also, please tweet. Just help us out. That We need your help, Jeremy. Damn it, please help us. Also, like us at Obtuse Podcast. We're going to be asking your suggestions as we do each and every single week. And uh, you can know when you can call in and talk to us. How Absolutely. nice is that? That, that's going to be a good addition to this show. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to hear what these fuckers have to say. <laughs> exactly. I mean, these uh, fans have to say. Clearly, we adore our audience. Absolutely, man. I did a lot of research for this episode, and I'm going to say this up front from the book "The Death of WCW," written by Artie Reynolds and Brian Alvarez. I, I really think that everybody listening to this, if you're interested in in obviously this subject matter. Please go check it out. Go check it out right now. First, get a life, yeah, but get, then, get go, a life. then go then go check it out. Yeah, a, the 10th anniversary of that book is out now, and I, I just didn't want to use the information without citing my my uh, references first. Well, to, to get to get ready, to kind of get in the mind state for this episode to record it, uh, I just watched Ready to Rumble. <laughs> Did you really? No. I, man, I have not watched that movie in forever. I've not watched it in ever. I thought we should do an episode on Ready to Rumble, but I don't know where to find it. Please no. I had it on VHS, and I threw it away and probably pissed and shit on it and set it on fire. But I I really want, I understand. I want to do it. I understand, brother. And is it sad, as terrible as that movie is, I wanted to like it so bad that I almost did. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking he about? You almost liked it. Well, because the idea, like, not the execution by any stretch of the what imagination. What is the story? Is it just two wrestling fans become I, wrestlers? Have you never seen it? Fuck no, no. You, I'm not, I wasn't you, kidding. I've never seen it. No. The, um, okay, first of all, we're going to have to do an episode, so we can't talk about that too much. We got to we gotta do a whole episode on Ready to Rumble, but it's a comedy, and uh, David Arquette and his buddy, I think Scott Kahn or whatever his name is, uh, they're, they're I like, wish it were James Conn. I, I, I think it's James Conn's son, actually. And I nah, could, it's still I, not James I, I could be wrong. I'm sure James Conn's going to tweet me from beyond the grave. Uh, uh, very pissed <laughs> off. James Conn is dead? Is he dead? I think, didn't he die recently? I hope not. It doesn't matter. Andy Wilkes got him. <laughs> exactly, yes. They're, they're two inbred, not even inbred, they're two dumbass wrestling fans who go to a show, and, they're, and it's a WCW show, and they're really excited about it, which is the first discrepancy of the film in reality. <laughs> It was in 2000. That's when they lost me. They just took me right out of it. So every wrestler in the movie is an actual real wrestler besides the main guy. And his, his, his character is like Jimmy King. And the, the movie starts off with like Jimmy King wrestling DDP, and DDP shoots on him. Right? Like, like, like they're calling spots at the beginning of the match. It looks pretty realistic. And then DDP shoots on him because the promoter screws him over. And the promoter is played by, I think, John, Joey Pants or whatever his name is from the So Matrix the whole movie and, is kind of... Uh, exposing the business right yeah yeah well yeah yeah actually it is in a way so he becomes an alcoholic he loses his wrestling gig and the two idiot wrestlers have to inspire him to go back in the ring be a badass and beat ddp's ass to get the world title back in a shoot fight on a pay-per-view 
to me, the idea behind that, the concept is fine. I think it's it's fine fodder for comedy. The execution was absolutely terrible. How many Oscars did it win? I, it only was nominated for 12, but it did win uh, Best Makeup. And Best Movie Ever. Yes. That's an Oscar. <laughs> no, it's a... a None of those things are true. Somebody's going, it won Best Makeup? <laughs> no. No, it did not. It did Sting not. was in it, so it won Best Makeup. Sting actually was in it, yeah. Sting. Sting re- spoiler- I, remember, no, I remember all the trailers and everything for it. I just never saw it. Spoiler alert, uh, Sting returns at the end, and the big swerve is he helps Jimmy King <laughs> b- basically kill Diamond Dallas Page. Wow. Because... Well, because in the, in the episode they bought they do like the three tier cage remember that yeah yeah and oh, absolutely. he body slams DDP through all three levels and he hits the ring which would kill somebody yeah. like that right <laughs> so no but you know what speaking of the three tier cage that's in today's episode and we are going to be talking about Ready to Rumble on a future episode where Ugh. we make Jeremy sit down at gunpoint and watch that film from front to end Ugh. so David Arquette debuted in WCW, and uh, he was there to promote Ready to Rumble. See, apparently Ready to Rumble was greenlit by WCW in the heyday. Like, they had been talking about it since, like, 97, 98, you know, the the gears started rolling. So by the time, you know, because it it takes a long time to make a movie. So in 99, the thing goes into production, and finally, in April, the movie is released. Sadly, WCW in April of 98 was a much different place than WCW in April of 2000. Sure. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you all right? No, I, I hate this shit. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I just get really angry at the idea of this whole this whole episode. It just pisses me off. Why does it piss you off? That's so David much? Arquette holding the NWA title. Right? Well, you know what? But I, hey, at least you... But I mean, it's the WCW title, but it's the it's the NWA title. I know that you're pissed off. I was the one that ingested this shit it's for research. Six- it's 16 pounds of gold. I read, as, it, I, as I said, the Death of WCW book. I also went on Wikipedia and read David Arquette's entry, and I watched the matches that he was involved in for this piece of and shit. And look, man, I appreciate all that you do for this show. Because a lot of this stuff, I go on memory. Right. Uh, and, and not always. Oh, because I do my research yeah, because yeah. I care about this show. Exactly. And I, I, I sat through uh, King of the Ring last week. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that tells you right there that I'm a big fan of this show and I care about it, of right? Of course, right. Uh, but some things, I'm going entirely on memory with the David Arquette thing just because I cannot stomach to watch it anymore. The most egregious thing about David Arquette's Wikipedia page, other than the content itself, is he has his own tab for pro wrestling. Now let me stop you there, Kyle. <laughs> the, most, the most egregious thing about D- David Arquette's Wikipedia page is that David Arquette has a Wikipedia page and the Optus Angles Wrestling Podcast doesn't. <laughs> right. Well, he has his own tab, right? Like, as you know, it's like early life, career, personal life, yeah, yeah. filmography. Pro wrestling is one of them. Uh. And you click on it, and it's got a chart. And on the chart, it <laughs> says, Debut 2000, Retired 2002. Uh. As if he were like an actual pro wrestling <laughs> competitor. So I think the belt legitimized him, <laughs> sadly. Of course it did. So it starts off uh, April 19th, 2000. That is a thunder. And that episode of Thunder is noteworthy for not only being the debut of David Arquette, but also one of the biggest clusterfucks editing-wise in WCW history. You see, by this point, WCW was so poorly run from every single aspect of the company that they would they would show things in a replay 
that hadn't aired yet on the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah, no. I don't I don't remember when it happened. I remember I remember people talking about it. I remember when this happened. They come back from commercial break and they show the ending of a Sting versus Viano's match. Now, the fact that Sting wrestled Viano 4 and 5 in a handicap match should tell you something about the talent pool of WCW to begin with. Right. But they showed the ending of it, and it hadn't aired yet. Like, it aired like 45 minutes later on the show. Can you imagine the ineptitude? Because that was a taped show. It was a taped show. See, now I'm getting angry. Now I'm getting angry at shit What's well, about like fucking time? So, uh, it starts. And Arquette, again, was there to promote Ready to Rumble. The next episode of Nitro, Diamond Dallas Page beats Jeff Jarrett to win the World Heavyweight title, right? Nothing wrong there. I mean, again, with Vince Russo, for some reason, he decided to change the title 8,000 times in a week. And it uh, severely diminished the value of the title. But otherwise, nothing wrong with Diamond Dallas Page being the champion. Keep in mind, this is after the quote-unquote reboot of WCW. Remember this, where Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff came back to run the company together? Uh, dumb and Dumber coming back to run the fucking company. <laughs> you're, you're so oh, depressed. <laughs> you're so downtrodden this episode. I can't help it. I get like this every once in a while. We, we touch a nerve. Some of these episodes touch a nerve, man. Do I, well, when I remember the big episode. The big episode where... Cause, because obviously Bischoff was in charge. Bill Bush sent him home. Yeah. He hires Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara. They send Russo home. And then in Bill Bush's mind, he goes, well, neither one of these guys wound up working out anyway. So let's try them both together. Yeah, let's stick them together. And that's what they did. And on the reboot episode where they came back, they stripped everybody of their championships. Yeah. Including Vince Russo, where Eric Bischoff said, and I quote, What's wrong, Sid? Should I use a pair of scissors to take it off you? Being the shoot comment about the time that he stabbed Arn Anderson repeatedly <laughs> with a pair of scissors. <laughs> which, which, to be fair, was a much more effective weapon than a squeegee. And which, to be fair, that fucking Arn Anderson had it coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was going after his spot. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, that disabled Arn Anderson's arm, you know that? I didn't know. I didn't know. No, that. that's not true at all. Okay. <laughs> I got. I felt really shitty for a minute. No, that's um, that's not true at all. So, <laughs> the DDP beats Jeff Jarrett to win the world title. Then on the next Thunder, Jeff Jarrett said that he was mad that David Arquette cost him the world title on Nitro, even though Arquette was not involved in that match in any way, shape, or form. Uh, David Arquette was, however, feuding with Eric Bischoff and had beaten Eric Bischoff in a match on that Nitro when he used the worm. He used a WWF move, and it was the most over thing on the program that night. He used a dance move. He used (laughs) Hey, you know. Call it what it is. When I was a worker, I used the worm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then one time I had that son of a bitch pop up and no sell it. Oh, that piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. Did you throw some potatoes at him? You fried some potatoes and throw them at him? I was a big pussy back then, so the answer to that question is no. No. He just rubbed your vagina on his face. I did, and he liked it, and I liked it too. It worked out for both of us. So the main event of this thunder (laughs) was made, and it was David Arquette and Diamond Dallas Page, because Page and Arquette were buddies. They were both baby faces at this point, versus Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff, with the stipulation being that whoever made the pin got the title that was currently being held by DDP. Did you watch this live, Jeremy? I, I was back and forth at that point. Um, I, you know, leading up, uh, and basically after 97, uh, maybe late 96, 
you know, in 96, uh, WCW was, I mean, they were hot, man. They were on fire. Oh, yeah. Um, but that shit got old to me really quick. And uh, I think at the end of 96 is when I jumped ship, exc- jumped ship exclusively. Like, uh, you know, in, in the 90s, you know, you didn't have TiVo. You didn't have DVR of any kind. Yeah, you couldn't... You- re- you know, you recorded on VHS if you were lucky, mm. if you had two televisions in your house. Yeah, yeah. So basically what you did when you were a normal, uh, broke human being oh, yeah. uh, was you watched one, and then when the commercials came on, you flipped to the other. That's right. So I, I watched WWE at that at this point in, like, 97, 98, yeah. and I would flip to WCW when the... You know, when the uh, commercials came on for WWE. Well, now, this was 2000, so I don't even know if you were watching WCW. I wasn't. I don't think I was watching any wrestling in 2000. Even though that was when you kind of made your debut as a wrestler on the indie scene. No, no, it was before 2000. Oh. I, made my, I made my debut in the wrestling scene in uh, early 97. When you were a 14-year-old boy. How old were you? I, no, I broke in at 15, uh-huh. and, I, and I started working uh, on my own at 16. I said that as a joke, but it was like almost <laughs> It was pretty true. close, yeah. Or or back way back in the day, I wasn't even old enough in, to legally wrestle in the state of Kentucky. I had to travel to uh, Indiana and wrestle. D- during the first couple of years of the Monday Night Wars, the great thing that I would do, of course, when there was no school, I would watch Raw and then I would watch the replay of Nitro. I would avoid Nitro. Yeah, on yeah, purpose. you could you could do that in the summertime. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because they would they would do the deal where they would show Nitro, then immediately afterward they would show a replay. And as soon as Raw went off, you didn't answer the phone because it was going to be one of your friends telling you about WCW. Exactly, I do remember that. Yeah, ah. vaguely, I remember that. Yeah. See, kids will hashtag kids <laughs> these days will never know. Trending now worldwide. Exactly. No, I don't think anybody has that hashtag. In the main event of this match on Thunder, DDP hits the diamond cutter, and while he is distracted, David Arquette gets the pin on Eric Bischoff. David Arquette, ladies and gentlemen, is your WCW World Heavyweight Champion. 16 pounds of the most prestigious gold that this world has ever known. (laughs) And it's around the waist of that colossal fuckface. Oh, he was in such movies as C-Spot Run. Oh, well, then I fucking take back everything I've said about David Arquette then. And do not oh. do not forget about the 1-800-CALL-ATT commercials. Yeah, he was doofy. And, or <laughs> he, Dewey or whatever. And he scream. was in all four Scream movies. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I watched the one nobody else did. And never mind that there shouldn't be more than one Scream movie, but there shouldn't be more than one appearance by David Arquette in the Scream movie. Here's the thing. So DDP went into this match as champion, and he lost it when David Arquette made the pinfall. How does David Arquette, I'm sorry, how does DDP react to David Arquette taking his title from him? He laughs it off. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I hate this show. (laughs) I don't like this show anymore now that we did a David Arquette episode. Why are you so angry? You're so, like last week we did King of the Ring 95. You were laughing, you were joking, you were jovial. We were offending everyone. Yeah, now you're just staring off into the distance pissed off about David Arquette. I I don't know, man. And and the, and the more I re, and the more I reveal how much I, I hate the whole David Arquette storyline, the more it makes me sound like one of those purest wrestling douchebags that I hate so much. Uh, but yeah, call me what you have to, man. I just this, this angle really got under my skin. Although David Arquette, to be fair, was a lifelong wrestling fan, and he pushed not to win the title because he knew how stupid it was. Vince Russo insisted that he did it, and all of the money that David Arquette made from this run. He donated to Darren Drozdov, who had just been paralyzed on SmackDown, and to the families of Brian Pillman and Owen Hart. You know, what's funny is that just a couple of years before, the NWA, excuse me, damn near crucified Shane Douglas 
or throwing down the title. I don't yeah. know what's worse, Shane Douglas throwing down a, the title and declaring it under the flagship of a new and different, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a non-connected organization, R.I.P. or just David, or just David Arquette wearing it. Yeah. I can't <laughs> figure out which one's more disgraceful. Well, I think David Arquette wearing it. And I think it was gonna. It was a situation where I think. I remember when it happened, everybody freaked out. Everybody online was losing their mind. But they thought, okay, come Nitro, they did this as a publicity that stunt. That belt was around the waist of Ric Flair 16 <laughs> times. It was around- He wore that belt one time for every pound of gold that was strapped to that piece of leather. Oh, my, you're cutting the promo right here on the show. I really am. Wow. I got carried away. I was, ch- I was channeling Rick a little that bit. That was beautiful. It, it, it was around the waist of uh, our former guest on this show, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Oh, it was around the waist of Harley Race. I think that at some point we should call Dusty Rhodes and ask him ask him how he felt about David If Arch you can and, get a straight answer out of the guy. <laughs> he was very here and there last He thought time. I was Tony Schiavone. You remember? He, he thought you were... Uh, Jim Barnett. Yeah. That's I, don't, I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> So, uh, the next episode, Nitro, just a few days later, they do the deal where, where David Arquette shows up. And I should say again that Vince Russo, the, and he said this many, many times, and to his credit to be the dumbass that he is, he has stood by this decision and not wavered on it. I've heard several interviews where people have asked Russo, why in the blue fuck did you do this? Do you regret putting the belt on Arquette? And he always says no. No, and he says no. No. Or, bro, I'll never forget every interview. Bro, I swear to God. I swear to God. I swear to God. Are you a cop? <laughs> I'm not a cop. <laughs> well, you're on your period. We're just going to do for the next 45 minutes lines from the movie Departed. Just every Scorsese movie. I That's think. what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, but, no, he did it for the publicity. And... To be fair, the title switch on Arquette did get write-ups in USA Today and Entertainment yeah, I mean, Weekly. Yeah, from a business standpoint, yeah, it brought a lot of fare and a lot of, uh, you know, it brought a lot of eyes onto the World Championship Wrestling. But, but not really. Not at the expense of even risking it's not. It's not worth risking, uh, you know, the the company's just legacy no, well, just for a, a little absolutely. bit of. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it made the company and it made the title a joke. The next Monday, Nitro did a 2.46 to Raw's 7.40. Think about that for a minute. That many people were watching wrestling in 2000. That is... Uh, Considering they usually average right around 4 and 3 or 4 and 4. Oh, and... now, now Raw averages a 3.5 on a good week if yeah. they're lucky. That many people have left Monday nights. That many people watched wrestling. A 2.46 for Nitro. By half. Yeah. like More like, than half. Nitro's rating on that night, which was considered to be a severe disappointment, is about what Raw gets maybe on a on a barely off week now. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, right. So, and by the way, the rating went down from the previous week. Now, this led to Slamboree, the pay-per-view on May 7th, and they were building up that pay-per-view. David Arquette, in the storyline, kayfabe wise, said, I don't deserve this title. I want to give this title up. I want this match to be against Diamond Dallas Page and Jeff Jarrett in the triple cage from the movie Ready to Rumble. For some reason, David Arquette thought he was the commissioner, and I don't know why. But, <laughs> but, but I love how because he starts putting large black men over. From a call back to last week's episode, the uh, beautiful, dearly departed, uh, departed Bill Watts. Why did I become why did Dusty? You, why did you? 
Why did you become uh, Vince Russo? <laughs> I'm like the Departed. <laughs> and yes, I'm aware of the fact that Bill Watts is still alive as of this recording. <laughs> he just departed. He departed from the show. He's dearly, <laughs> dearly departed. I like how you say as when this show is recorded. Like he's going to go any minute, and we don't want to <laughs> confuse anybody. <laughs> That motherfucker's on his last leg. So as of right this second, he's still alive. <laughs> he could be. You don't know. <laughs> I just love how David Arquette in this promo doesn't say, hey, I don't deserve this title. Why don't you guys take it? Like, he makes a match. Like he, And again, WWE Raw would do this with the fucking stupid celebrity guest host where for some reason they were the commissioner, although I don't know why. That's a whole other episode entirely. Yes. That was fucking stupid. But I love how David O'Care was something like, oh, by the way, not only do I not want this title, but I think there should be a three-tier cage match. <laughs> so uh, Eric Bischoff comes to the ring. Eric Bischoff comes to the ring, and he says, uh, no, as a matter of fact, David Arquette, you are the champion, and you're going to be the champion when we make it a three- well, he doesn't say three-way dance. He says a triple dance, which sounds very odd to me kind of like a european sexual like maneuver. yeah like a bedroom move it does yeah the the the, the glorified triple dance yeah. but um three-way dance there the diamond dallas page jeff jarrett david arquette triple cage in this match which is going to be on the upcoming pay-per-view slamboree the world title will be hanging from the rafters. I see nothing but potential. How could this go wrong? In order to win, you have to take a ladder, set it up, climb up to the second level of the cage. And push DDP all the way down through <laughs> yes. all three levels. Yes, from the movie. Death. You have to get the bolt cutters, cut open the door in the second cage to the outside, then climb on top of the third cage and grab the world title. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something. Because, again, one of my things on this show is I don't want to just... Like, when there's a bad idea, I want to make fun of it. But if there's something good, if there's a nugget of goodness in the shit, I love that concept. I think that concept is fun. It's You're different. talking about the match itself, the, the three-tier cage? Yeah. No, yeah, we've talked about that before on an episode, if you remember. And uh, I believe we just kind of sucked each other off about that because that's one of the few things we were in 100% agreement about. <laughs> yeah. And I really, yeah. Like, I really do like that idea. It's very cool. I mean, yeah, it's, it's gimmicky, and it's... You know, call it what it is. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's so really many cool. things it's, are. Yeah, it's very cool. It is really cool. Well, and gimmicky's fine when it works. And that, I thought that was one match that worked. It was really it was really interesting. Here's the problem uh, with Slamboree, the pay-per-view that had that main event in question. They did 4,862 people paid for $139,202. Now, to put that into perspective, 18 months earlier, they were almost breaking $1 million a pay-per-view. Their business decreased in 18 months astronomically. I mean, if that's even the right word to use there. <laughs> Here's the thing. Tickets actually did sell well until May 1st. Now, what do you think happened on May 1st, Jeremy, that might have uh, affected the tickets being sold to this pay-per-view in question? David Ar Arquette won the uh, U.S. title. No, as a matter of fact. And then he won the, the Cruiserweight title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it, that's and then what he was. got a, a tag team partner, James Conn. No, not James Conn. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, Vince Russo is spinning in his grave right now. Organic callbacks. Wishing he would have. Yeah. You know, he's not even dead, but he killed himself just so he could spin in his grave about this. Just so we could talk to him through Thomas Edison's spirit phone on this show. Mm, Not a bad idea. No, May 1st, May 1st was the date that the main event of the pay-per-view was announced. Meaning that the show was selling well until they announced the card. And the whole world and just collectively went, eh, just kidding. 
the break. Yeah. Like that, the show sold better until they announced. That's crazy. Yeah, we're gonna need a refund on that if you could. We already <clears throat> bought tickets. Oh my god, I, I, I just, I don't even know what to say. The, the, the buy rate, by the way, the buy rate for this show was so low that WCW never released it. So we get to the main event of this pay-per-view, and during the pre-match interview, Jeff Jarrett calls Gene Okerlund a, quote, old slap ass. (laughs) (laughs) And David Arquette a, quote, 150-pound turd, which... I see no issue with any of that, yeah. That's all 100% accurate. The highlight of this episode by far for me, and we're coming up on the time limit draw here, Uh, bottom line... The match is actually pretty good. The match is, is honestly bad. Even though it's a, a triple threat with David Arquette, David Arquette does very little. He takes a couple of bumps, and he can actually bump pretty good. Uh, they fight. They go up top. For some reason, Jeff Jarrett and Diamond Dallas Page topple through the sidewall of the cage on the But can he level. bump as well as Carl Malone? <laughs> Carl Malone. Carl Malone. I, don't, I actually don't remember how well Carl Malone bumped he on didn't. this show. Oh, he he just kind of fell down in a heap. Well, you know, at least he could shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Or not. I don't Literally know. The, and figurative. The, the mailman didn't deliver, folks. Uh, but they have a great match. But then in, at the end of the pay-per-view, David Arquette turns heel on Diamond Dallas Page by hitting him in the head with the guitar. At this point, at this point Chris Canyon, who is kayfabe and real life, Diamond Dallas Page's best friend, tries to interfere. And then Mike Awesome, who just also interfered, throws Canyon off the second cage through the walkway WCW had there. Yeah. Now, it was a cool-looking bump, but here's the issue. This was 2000. It was Kemper Arena. Twelve people saw it. No, no. Do you know what happened a year earlier in Kemper Arena? No. The Owen Hart fall. Oh. So when you do a dangerous spot where a guy falls off a cage through an apron... You got to... The, yeah, you got to admit they saw that. Kind of conjures up some bad memories. Yeah. Uh, so the next night, David Arquette, who was a heel at this point, cuts a promo on everyone saying, Shut up! You would think that as an actor, the one thing that he could do would be cut a good promo. You would be wrong. Diamond Dallas Page got his heat back by coming to the ring, giving him a diamond cutter. That would be the last we would see of David Arquette until he made one more appearance a couple of months later at the pay-per-view New Blood Rising, when he would interfere in, and I'm not making this up, the Judy Bagwell on a pole match. Do you remember that? No. No, but, I'd stopped watching that bullshit at that point. I just kind of quit it all together. You, you quit it all together? Yeah. Uh, Buff Bagwell. Buff, <laughs> Buff Bagwell was feuding. I've seen, I've seen many a million yen on a pole match. <laughs> right. I've seen many a, a strap on a pole match, a barbed bar wire bat on a pole match. Never have I seen an old bitch on a on a pole match. <laughs> uh, it sounds like Stevie Ray is doing comedy. An old bitch on a pole match. <laughs> now, uh, Judy Bagwell, who had teamed with Buff Bagwell. Oh, Hogan, we coming for you. And famously won the the uh, tag team titles yeah. with Buff Bagwell earlier. Uh, Buff Bagwell feuded with Positively Canyon, who was doing a Diamond Dallas Page ripoff gimmick. David Arquette comes to the ring. You know what? We're going to get to that in a future episode because... <laughs> In that one match, you have a parody of DDP as a gimmick, Judy Bagwell on a forklift. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. You know what? We are just going to do that whole pay-per-view on a future episode 
New Blood Rising, because that was right in the middle, in the thick of things, on the Vince Russo is a crazy asshole spectrum. <laughs> because, again, yeah, and you, you had David Arquette interfering. Oh. It's a flamdangle yeah. of a, of a, of a pay-per-view. Flamdangle, that is one of Jeremy's favorite words. And you know what? That's going to take us to the end of the episode where I will use another one of Jeremy's favorite words. That would be... Supplemental material. You can find all of that at Obtuse Podcast on Twitter and also by liking the Obtuse Angles Wrestling Podcast page on Facebook. We are on iTunes. We are on iTunes. If you have an iTunes device, look us up on there. Hit that subscribe button. Look on your pee pads and your, and your I've iPod phones and yeah. Exactly. And by the way, uh, if you have an Android, just look us up on the Libsyn website and you can find links to those through Facebook and through com. There it is, motherfucker. So with that, Jerry, <laughs> I was just unnecessarily aggressive. <laughs> Next week on the show, we're going to be talking about even more WCW idiocy with the finger poke of, of doom. Doom, doom, doom. So with that, can you go back and post and make that echo? I will. Doom, doom. So with that, we will see you guys next week. Say goodbye, Jeremy. Goodbye.